If we want to list every way Spreaker can help podcast publishers, well, we need a podcast of our own. Whether you're in charge of long-running series with extensive backlogs or countless limited series, you can organize and monetize your entire catalog with Spreaker. With Spreaker's customizable publisher plan, you can add collaborators, analyze extensive listener analytics, and even share exclusive content through custom RSS feeds. And that's just for starters. Head to Spreaker.com to learn more. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com. Welcome to the porch. This is where we get back to basics, examining the Word of God, especially the example of the Book of Acts Church, how they served the Lord, what they did, how they did it, the mistakes that they made so that we can learn from them. And we delve deeper into Scripture. We don't water it down. We don't filter it. If you're here to get your ears tickled, you're in the wrong place. We've been working at this now to reestablish the priesthood of the believer, to find the church the Lord intended, not the one man created, and regain that world-shaking influence the early church had. Because we believe the church age is still in effect. There's a job to do, and because of that, the fire still falls. The day of Pentecost is ongoing. The Porch is an outreach of Solomon's Porch, Inc. on solomonsporch.org if you want to contact us or... You can go to firefalltalkradio.com, do the same thing, use the contact button. If you have questions, anything you'd like to share with us, there's also ways to support us there. We greatly appreciate your support. As I shared last week, the scriptures from 1 Corinthians 9 and Galatians 6 about if we sow spiritual things, shouldn't we reap material things and Shouldn't those who preach the gospel live from the gospel? And if we share the word with you, then shouldn't we be blessed? And I'm not looking for you to bless me personally, although that would be great. Anybody has a truck or an SUV they'd like to give me, I'd take it. But no, Um, everything goes into the ministry. A lot of things to do, a lot of things that we're praying about and talking about doing to further the gospel and get out there to help people. So however you can do that, whether it's a one-time blessing or maybe you want to commit some money every month like some of you do. And I try to say thank you every time it comes through and maybe sometimes I miss it. So thank you. Thank each and every one of you. Make sure you bookmark the Spreaker site. That is our main site. The Blog Talk Radio site will no longer happen. I'm not updating there. And eventually I will just shut it down. So if there's any old shows on there you would like to download, go right ahead. Spreaker.com forward slash user forward slash Firefall Talk Radio. That's where you find us. And if you subscribe to us or you have the Spreaker app, you will get notified when new episodes of Overwatch are posted. We are working at doing one every weekend. A new one went up this past weekend and one will be coming. Let me give you an update on the C-Conference video. I was hoping to have the announcement that Session 2 would be available, but there were problems from the sound that night that we did not find out till after the fact, and it's taking me much longer to fix. I could leave it like it is, but I even find it uh, distracting, and I'm not going to do that. So let me get it done, let me get it right, and then I'll let you know. If you were paying attention to the news this past Sunday in Dallas, there were nine confirmed tornadoes, a lot of destruction, but nobody died in Dallas. Unfortunately, those same tornadoes hit Arkansas and Oklahoma. Four people died there between Sunday and Monday. So there just seems to be something going on, and I'm not going into the climate change route. Don't believe it. 
think climate change has been a natural part of God's design for this planet. Be that as it may, that's an overwatch topic that we will cover. But the fact is, something's going on. And I think it has something to do with the end times and the prince of the power of the air. So we start out with praise reports and prayer requests. You can always jump forward. If, if you're listening on Spreaker, they show you where the changes happen. But if you want to be edified, then listen to the praise reports and prayer requests. So I praise the Lord. I praise him for my home. I praise him for my wife, my family, my sons, my daughter-in-laws, our grandson, um, our furry kids. Some of you call them pets. All of our possessions, everything he has blessed us with. I praise him for his protection over us, that Psalm 91 covering that's always in effect because we apply it. Um, I praise him for letting me work his ministry. This will always be his ministry. It'll never be mine. My name will never be on it. And he will always be glorified from it. I praise him for the dreams and the visions and the things that are happening in the spirit almost every night, indicating to me that we are in a different time. I praise him for his healing virtues that are still available to each and every one of us. I praise him to be able to praise him. Just get in my, you know, my office studio here and, and get under my prayer shawl and, and just get in his presence. In his presence is the fullness of joy. We'll talk about some joy tonight. I praise him for being a new creation coming up on, uh, I can't even believe it. I, my salvation anniversary passed, and I'm not even sure I mentioned it. Well, you know what? Praise the Lord. I am born again. And I praise him that my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I praise him that he gave me back my family. I praise him that I get to serve him. I praise him for his word. I praise him for the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. I just praise him. Praise him that I live in America. Uh, are, are we messed up? Yeah, but I, I've been talking about this on Overwatch. I think what we're seeing right now and what we are experiencing isn't an anomaly. It was designed into the fabric of this country, and it's just come out into the open because I believe the Lord has allowed it to. But I praise him for America. I praise him for the signs that he's getting ready to return. Do you believe that? Do you believe that he's coming back soon? I do. So I'm getting ready, and I believe that's why we do this here in the port, to help you get ready. Let's praise him for his favor and his revelations and the blessings that are coming. We speak to things not as they are, but as they should be. So let's pray. Let's pray for the Middle East. A lot of things going on there. Prophecy could be triggered and fulfilled very quickly. Pray for Israel. It's going through a time where it really does not have a government in place. And that has been prophesied, and we are seeing it. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem, which essentially means the Prince of Peace to return. Pray for the fatherless and the widows and the innocents and the victims of injustice. We live in a world of injustice. Injustice is something the Lord does not care for. He talks about it in his Bible. At some point, we're going to cover that too. Injustice is something that offends him. I know it offends me. It grieves my spirit. Pray against the slaughter of the innocents in and out of the womb. What we are doing to his creation through the inspiration of Hasatan, Satan, and the fallen has to grieve his heart because I know it grieves mine. Let's pray against religious persecution and anti-Semitism that is absolutely on the rise. I've been reading stories from the various uh, websites, Open Doors and, and some of the other persecution sites. You know, in in Algeria and in the Muslim countries and in the Asian countries, they in China, they are destroying churches, sometimes with the people still in them, just destroying them and, and coming up with really strange laws. It's all a part of Satan's effort to bring in an antichrist, put everybody under one world religion, and then you're going to see how strongly you believe in your faith if we're still here. So let's let's pray. Let let let's pray for them. Let's pray for the victims of sex trafficking, the young men and women, children. Um, it's it's just horrible. 
It's absolutely horrible, and we've been given the power and the authority to do something about it. Praying for divine wholeness, health, and healing in each and every one of us to get back to our divine design. Some of it's our own doing by the things that we eat, the things we take, what we subject our bodies to. So I pray for divine revelation to correct those areas. The Lord's been helping me with that as well. And healing and those things that need to be healed, that have been damaged, that have been hurt, whether through choices or accidents or ancestral issues. We are new creation. There are promises made to us. And right now, in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, I pray that we get back to our divine design, that we can walk and run and rise up and fly like eagles and do everything that we've been called to do. I pray for the remnant to wake up. I have no illusions that the church itself wants to hear anything I have to say. So I am geared towards and focused on the remnant. To wake them up, to empower them, to encourage them, to rise up and answer the call to action. That's part of the goals is to be able to hit the road and be able to train people and establish bases and and camps of of spirit-filled people that help SRT and help the porch and and just establish the fire of the living God in key areas to shut down what the enemy's doing and to clear a pathway. Boy, I can run off on that one for a while. Um, and, and people that have been blessed, if, if you know people that have been blessed and can be a blessing, tell them about us. Tell them about the porch. Tell them about Firefall. Tell them about SRT. Pray for the Lord to reveal them to us. Pray for them to, to wake up and, and honor what he's told them to do, and maybe they haven't done it. Let's get the, let's get the fuel to get this engine rolling. For the doors to open for this documentary, I, I believe the Lord shown me how to fix it how to get it going and how to make it what he wants it to do. It's been just this week that he has shown it to me. It's going to involve uh, some, some expenses that I believe he's going to provide miraculously, and it's going to open the doors to people, not just in the church, but in Hollywood and in the world, and open their eyes and create this spreading of the fire that we have for him. So let's pray that his blessings flow, and the doors to them open. I had a praise report for Pastor Shelley. Remember, I told you to pray for him. Well, I spoke to him for over an hour. We had a great time on the phone. He's doing much better. He's feeling good. The day that he had his heart attack, he was going to see a Paul Wilbur concert. And the couple that was taking him and his daughter arrived to pick them up. And the wife in that couple is a nurse. I've met her. I know who she is. And so when Pastor Shelley opened the door, she looked at him recognized his condition, immediately called the ambulance and got him to the hospital. That's called divine appointment. That's called the Lord making a way where there seems to be no way and preparing it for it. And some other things have happened I don't have time to talk about, but uh, the Lord has blessed him. He feels great. So we are targeting the clogs in his heart in prayer for them to completely dissolve and dissipate without any residual effect or damage so that he could get back to his calling and be a part of what we're doing. My wife here, Deb in Orlando, has got a prayer request for um, an ongoing issue that I've got to pray about whether I can actually bring it out into the open, but it's something that we've been dealing with for four years now, and we need it resolved. We need it resolved to our favor, so please pray for that. She says, uh, pray for her, and this is a pray and a prayer request, praise report, prayer request, continuing to get better through diet and exercise. She's asking for prayer for lost family members, and she wants to praise him for always providing for us, even at the worst of times. Kim in Fort Mitchell, she said, I am well, thanks the Lord. I praise him for giving me my salvation and the freedom that comes with it. And let me ask you a question. Boom, something came into my head. I should have a little sound effect for ping. Um, We did these a long time ago. We haven't done them in a while. If you would like to do a night of uh, praise and prayer and bring some people on to pray, maybe I'll get uh, some of the SRT guys to come on and help me and pray. Um, Praise the Lord. If you'd like to have a night of prayer and praise, just write me and tell me that, and we'll schedule it. Kim goes on to say, I praise him for giving me my salvation and the freedom that comes with it. This relationship is so important to me, and I praise him for that. 
Praise him for keeping me sober every day. I'm thankful for my children, my friends, my dog Bruno, and this ministry. She said, Father, please forgive me my shortcomings and help correct them. Let me clearly see the missions you have for me and give me the courage and the heart to carry them out. Father, please protect my children from the enemy as well as the porch families. So I am asking for prayer for my son Maurice, my mother, and my husband. Let them seek you, Lord. Heal their hearts and their souls. Fill that emptiness inside of them that only you can fill. Tell them, now go, just like you did me with the Lord. Deliver me, Father. Show me my part in this. Heal my body and my spirit. She mentions the story she came across, and if you saw it on the news, 39 bodies, um, unfortunately dead, and found in the back of a truck in England. If you don't know what it's about, it was human trafficking, illegal uh, Im- immigration, and um, it was a refrigerated truck, and they died. And it's happened a lot. It's, even in that one area, it's happened a lot. She goes, I don't know what to pray for, but I know that you'll show me. It just feels heavy now. Father, I trust you, and I believe that you will fix my financial situation your way and in your timing. Bless and favor my family, the porch families, and SRT in Jesus' name. So, Lord, you know all these things. And we take all this time to praise you and to pray to you and make that a part of the porch approach. That's what we are. We're like the Book of Acts Church, and I believe that this is how they, they did things. And I know it works. It's always worked for us, whether in our home or here on Firefall Talk Radio. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for how much you love us. I thank you for, oh my gosh, for everything. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the blood. Uh, I thank you for your grace and your mercy, and I thank you for the word. I thank you for the Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you that we can call you Abba, Father, Papa, God, Daddy. You're not some distant, angry God throwing lightning bolts or, or throwing us into hell and damnation. You're looking to save us. You're looking to find a way out for us. You're doing everything you can for that to happen. And we're the ones who decide where we wind up. But you want us to wind up with you. And I thank you for that. I thank you for my brothers and sisters in the Lord. I thank you for this family that you've given us. I thank you for the fact that you're coming again, and we long to see you. I thank you for the millennial reign in the New Jerusalem and no more death and sickness and Hasatan and the the angels being imprisoned. And and I I just thank you that you've given us hope. You've given us a light in the darkness. You've made us a light in the darkness. We're beacons. We're beacons of fire for people to rally to and to find their way. So, Lord, bless this time. Bless the technology. Let us be about your business and do what you've called us to do. And I pray all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. These lessons are proprietary information, except where noted the information comes from outside sources. The combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. So last week we talked about the tabernacle life, and I hope you're living it. I hope you listened to what was said and took it to heart, and you're living the tabernacle life. We talked about Sukkot, the, the Feast of Boots. The season of our joy, um, the, the joy that comes in this holiday season more than any other because the Jewish people around the world would construct sukkahs and uh, boots that would remind them and remind each and every one of us of God's provision and our dependence upon him. It was mandated in Leviticus 23 verses 33 through 43 and like I said it's a joyous holiday. We should be thinking every day of his miraculous provision and for being a shelter for us in the wilderness. Now, maybe it wasn't the the wilderness of the Middle East, but we've lived in our own wilderness, and he made provision for us. Even now, sometimes we go through the wilderness journey, and he gives us shelter. We can hide under the shadow of his wings. 
But for the Jews, it also reminds them and us that our dwellings are temporary, they're fragile, whether it's our home or our bodies. And this world is temporary. This is not our home. Don't get so caught up in politics and social justice and, and all the climates. Come on, I get it. We're supposed to be good stewards. We're supposed to do what he said. But this is not my home. I can't fix this. Matter of fact, he's coming back to wipe it out and make it what it was supposed to be. That doesn't mean I'm going to participate in ruining it. Of course not. I I do my best to not do that. But I know that our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly await for the Savior. Adonai Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, who will transform our lowly bodies that it may be conformed to his glorious body. Oh my goodness, wouldn't it be so great? You wouldn't be overweight, you wouldn't be broken, you, you'd you be glorious just like him. According to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. See, that's why in the Jewish liturgy, this is, this is called the time of our rejoicing. And it reminds us of a harvest. It's harvest time. A harvest that we're a part of, the final harvest And for the world, this is going to be a mixed emotion. For some, it's going to be great joy. For others, it's going to be a time of sadness. Joel 3.13, put in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, go down, for the winepress is full. The vats overflow, for their wickedness is great. And, you know, we can look at what goes on in society and in media and various places, and we can point the finger and say judgment is coming. But you know why I don't do that? Even though I know it, even though I know the Word tells me that, I know that many of the people there are pawns. They've been tricked. They've been seduced. They've been blinded by Hasatan and the fallen. And that's why it's our goal to go. It's our goal to confront. It's our goal to pull down. It's our goal to grab the lambs out of the lion's mouth. It's our goal to destroy the works of the enemy. That's what we're called to do. No, I I know of hope. Matthew 13, the Lord says that the tares and the weeds, I mean, the tares and the wheat are going to grow together. You can't rip rip out one without hurting the other, so you get to just let them grow. Do you want us to go there and gather them up? No, he says, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. That's what happens when you Bible-thump people. That's what happens when you speak judgment. That's what happens when you tell them, oh, you're going to hell for X, Y, Z. And what you're doing is you're destroying them, you're hurting them, you're dissolutioning others, you're you're creating confusion in the baby lambs that really don't know yet what the Word says or what they believe. No, just let them grow together until the harvest. And at the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, who we know are the angels, First gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. See, every parable, Mark four twenty six through 29, the kingdom of God is a man should scatter seed on the ground and sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how and the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, and after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens... Immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. I believe the harvest has come. I believe we're at the verge that if we would do what we're called to do, if we would go, if we would fulfill the Great Commission, if we would follow the power and the leading of the Holy Spirit, the gifts and the fruit, the harvest would come. The harvest is plentiful, he says in Matthew nine thirty-seven, but the laborers are few. I volunteer, Lord, I'm a laborer, I'll go. See, the tabernacle life reminds us of the harvest and the work to be done. But then there's another celebration, and it's called the eighth day. Shemini Asaret. 
for 2019 began the evening of Sunday, October 20th, and ended the evening of Tuesday, October 22nd. So it ended at sundown yesterday. And although it follows directly after Sukkot, it's not a part of Sukkot. It's its own celebration. And the unbridled joy of Shemini Atzeret or Simchat Torah is supposed to surpass even the joy of Sukkot. Now, how is that even possible? Well, in the natural, it's the beginning of the rainy season in Israel. So it's, it's, the, it's the year's first prayer for rain. Well, folks, he's the rain that we await. Psalm 72, verses 6 through 8. He shall come down like rain upon the grass before mowing, like showers that water the earth. In his days the righteous shall flourish, an abundance of peace until the moon is no more. He shall have dominion also from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. Messiah's reign, it's going to be glorious. It's going to bring glorious blessings that get compared to the blessings of the rain on the earth. And he shall come down. The great king, pictured as the gentle rains of God's blessings on the earth, and his reign, R-E-G-I-N, will lead to true peace, things as they ought to be. Traditionally, the book of Ecclesiastes is often read during this time. If you look at just Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 3, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up. It, it reminds us of the seasons of the harvest and, and the changes of time and decay, just like the crops we plant. You can't have one without the other. And this one-day festival occurs right at the end of the seven-day Feast of Tabernacles, and it is a picture of the millennial reign of Messiah. The last, the seventh day of the Feast of Tabernacles, it gives us the image of the final day of harvest or ingathering, the final time of spiritual harvest, the great, the, just before the great white throne judgment. Let me just throw this in here. I don't really care who's in the White House. I mean, I kind of care, but I really don't. Whoever's in the White House does not change my eternal destiny. But you know what I do care about? I do care about who's on the white throne of judgment. That's what I care about. That's what I'm working towards. That's what I want to talk about and put my energy toward. And at that moment, when everyone stands before the white throne, everyone who's ever lived will be resurrected and judged accordingly. Revelation 20, starting with verse 11. And then I saw a great white throne in him, capital H, him, who sat on it, from whose faith the earth, face the earth and heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were open, plural, And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to its works. And death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And everyone not found written in the book of life. Now, that's the important book, the Lamb's book of life. Verse 15, Revelation 20. Anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. You know the lake of fire created for Satan and his angel, a lake of fire that that Yeshua talked about a lot. So don't let anybody fool you. 
when they tell you, oh, Jesus never talked about hell. He never talked about an eternal judgment. Of course he did. But the seventh day of the feast, the great day of the feast, is when God's Spirit, the rain, the water of the Holy Spirit poured out on all mankind. A great assembly, a great offering, a great sacrifice. On this day, the priest would draw water from the pool of Siloam. You remember the place where that man got his eyesight back because the Lord used the water to make new eyes for him, the, this water that opens your eyes. He got from the pool of Siloam in a golden vessel and brought it to the temple. And when the morning sacrifice was on the altar, he poured this water mingled with wine. Water and wine, water and wine. Hmm. I think I've heard that someplace before. And uh, he poured it upon it, and while the people were singing with great joy. That's right, it was at some wedding that a miracle of water and wine happened wedding. Oh, there's something to this. It was perhaps at this time that the Lord made his great, it wasn't perhaps, it was the great prophecy of the fullness of the Holy Spirit on the last day, John seven thirty-seven through 39 on the last day and the great day of the feast. Well, that's what it would be, would it not? Mr. Commentary, I got to see where I got that from. Uh, Jesus, Yeshua stood and cried out and said, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said out of his heart, will flow rivers of living water. What's flowing out of your heart right now? Bitterness? Sadness? Nothing? Come on, let's get some waters flowing. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, who those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Yeshua was not yet glorified. If any man, anyone, any person is thirsty, let him go to him and drink. Because he who believes in Yeshua, who cleaves to and trusts in and relies on him, as the scripture has said, from his innermost being shall continuously flow springs and rivers of living water. Is the water that you got, is it sweet or is it bitter? Is it stagnant? Stagnant water is really nasty. So in contrast to the small amount of water poured out each day during the feast, he's talking about a river of water coming from those who believe in Messiah. Right now there are people that are thirsty. They're parched. They've been drinking the cup of religion. They've been drinking the cup of, of judgment. They've been drinking the cup of, of, I don't even know what the cup, I don't even know what's in that cup. It's some sort of counterfeit, poisonous, toxic stuff. They, they need some fresh living water. And that's the only thing that'll satisfy them. So this eighth day, it's, it gives us an image of that great day of salvation. When millions, maybe even billions, we can be hopeful, will be saved and come to know him as God. Know him as Father. For billions to be served, saved, delivered. That means a lot of people in false religions. That means a lot of people who, following Abraham's other child, are going to have to be born again and changed. And he's doing it. He's doing it right now all over the world. He's appearing to them in dreams and visions, and it's happening. Evangelism is happening. People are risking their lives, and it's happening. Because I believe the waters are flowing. For those who want to be conduits of that water, it's flowing. But see, it happened on the day of Pentecost. I believe that was the beginning of the last day. I believe Pentecost was the bell, that final bell alarm bell that triggered the last days. Because Peter said to them in Acts 2, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus, 
the Messiah for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord God will call. He who believes, that triggers the promise. But to trigger that promise, somebody's got to go. Somebody's got to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Because he who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. Well, gee, whose responsibility is it? It's ours. It's the church's. It's its body's. Go. Go into all the world. Don't sit on your spiritual cushions in a building somewhere. Go. Do something with this. You've got a cup of water. You've got a gallon of water. You may have pitchers of water. You may have buckets and 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 barrels of water. Whatever you've got, there are people that are thirsty. They they just they're parched. They need somebody to care. So the harvest festival ends with the final day, the harvesting, the end gathering, the completion of the salvation process, God's plan for mankind. You know, remember the garden, the serpent, Adam and Eve, God made a way where there was no way long before it was time. But there are other hidden meanings in Shemini Atzeret, or the eighth day, eighth day in the book, The Jewish Way, Living the Holidays, Rabbi Irving Greenberg says, when the seven days of Sukkot end, the Bible decrees yet another holiday, the eighth day of assembly. The rabbis interpreted this as an encore. That's pretty cool. You know, when a performer performs and everybody just goes crazy and doesn't want to believe and you get an encore. After the high holy days, after the intense seven days of Sukkot and the pilgrimage, the Jewish people, or should we say more accurately, God's people, are about to leave, to scatter, to return to their homes. God grows nostalgic, as it were, pensive. The people of Israel will not come together again in such numbers until Passover, six months from now. God will miss the sounds of music and pleasure and the unity of his people. The Torah decreed, therefore, an eighth day of assembly, a final feast, a holy day. And on this, on this day, the Jews leave Sukkah to resume enjoying the comfort of solid, well-built, well-insulated homes. The palm frond and the citrus fruit are put aside. Shemeni Aseret is a reprise of the celebration of Sukkot without any of the rituals. And the message is that all the rituals and symbolic language are important, but ultimately they just remain as symbols. See, that's what it is for us as Messianic believers. They're symbols. They're symbols of a much greater thing. Leslie Kopelman Ross in the Complete Jewish Holiday Handbook, Celebrate, explains it this way. Not only is the feast distinctly different from Sukkot, but it includes a special prayer for rain that reads as follows. Just as Sukkot gives us a traditional period between the days of awe and our normal routines, the last day of the festival, Shemini Atzeret, the eighth day of solemn assembly, the day we are held back to extend the party with God, eases us out with the transience of the Sukkah. As a separate holiday in its own right, the eighth day is honored with the lighting of candles and the reciting of the festival Kaddush. The distinct feature of the day is the recitation of the prayer for rain so that the earth will be able to produce in the coming year. That's what I'm praying for right now. I'm praying for rain. I'm praying for the rain of the Holy Spirit. I'm praying for the blessings. I'm praying for the power. I'm praying for the joy. I'm praying for that infilling of the rain. Lord, let the rain fall. Let the rain of the Holy Spirit fall. We're praying for rain. We're praying for the harvest. We're praying for the produce to come. We're praying for that time that was prophesied in Joel that Peter declared 
happened on Pentecost, that it shall come to pass afterward, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And some people believe, well, those are the end times. Those are the days at the end. And I say, no, Peter has declared it is and it happened on Pentecost. This is, as Joel said, in, and he recites it. It began on Pentecost. The last days began. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit began. The great outpourings of the living water, Pentecost, it's still flowing. See, I know because I drink of it. I drink of it every day. It's in me. I don't seek an external manifestation of the Holy Spirit. I don't pray for anything to fall because it's already in me. I'm already connected to the throne room. I'm already connected to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I'm already connected to my Heavenly Father, the creator of the universe. Why am I seeking something externally that was put into me internally, permanently? But even during the tribulation, those that come to know him as Messiah, they're going to get some. How do you think they're going to be witnesses in a world overrun by Satan and the fallen and their demonic offspring? Where people that have no morals and, and no souls who do evil and ugly things now in the darkness will be free to do them out in the open. They're going to need that. But right there. Acts 2, 16, but this is what was spoken about by the prophet Joel. That's Peter's declaration. What he declared then is happening right now here on the day of Pentecost in Jerusalem. You're seeing it, you're hearing it, you're feeling it. Poured out like the, the heavy winter rains in Israel. An abundant provision I mean, we need some flash floods of the Holy Spirit to come out of us. And it's for everyone, all flesh, Jew and Gentile, one body and Messiah. And then even during the millennial reign, it's going to flow. Isaiah 44, 3, For I will pour water on him who is thirsty, and floods on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. Ezekiel thirty nine twenty nine. I'll not hide my face from them anymore, for I shall have poured out my spirit on the house of Israel, says the Lord God. Zechariah twelve ten. And I will pour, 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 pour on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication, that they will look on me whom they pierced. Yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son and grieve for him as one grieves for a firstborn. Anybody telling you he's not coming back in a tangible body doesn't know what they're talking about. How can they see the one whom they pierced if he isn't tangible, according to Zechariah 12.10? Well, we've got to do this. See, the eighth day for us, is perpetual. The harvest, the time of the ingathering, it's ongoing. It happened to him first, what are we talking about? Isaiah 42, 1. Behold my servant whom I uphold, my elect one in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him, and he will bring forth justice to the Gentiles. Isaiah 61, 1, the scripture that the Lord quoted in the synagogue in Nazareth, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prisons to those who are bound. Are you bound? You know somebody who's bound? Pray for the prison doors to come open. Pray for the chains to shatter. Maybe he's given you the key. Maybe he's given you the revelation. Maybe he's given you the fire in your hand or the words to say that that, that lock just goes click, chains fall off, and that person is free. Acts 10.38, how God anointed Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus of Nazareth, Yeshua Nazareth, with the Holy Spirit and with power, 
dunamis, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. All of this, Feast of Tabernacles, eighth day, it's what we're talking about. But there's something else about the eighth day that I want to tie all to tie this all together. On the eighth day is when they circumcise a baby. Circumcision, the act of removing the foreskin of the, the, ma- the male genital area. In Israel, this was a ritual performed on the eighth day after the birth of the children. It was carried out by the father initially using a flint knife, ouch, and later on by specialists who were employed among the Jewish people. And there's several theories to explain and describe the nature and the origin. Some people believe it was an initiatory rite before marriage, as in Genesis 34, 14 through 24, at puberty. I don't think it was puberty because that would be incredibly painful. No, they did do it. Had something to do with physical hygiene, without a doubt, to prevent the attraction or transmission of diseases. Some believe it was a tribal mark of distinction. And at first I didn't get that, but then I thought about it. You have a world where the fallen have procreated. And yes, they've all drowned, but somehow they did it again and afterwards. And the pagans and those that worship the fallen and the gods with the small g's, they're all uncircumcised. God wanted his people to be different. He wanted his people to be distinctively different. And it was also a sign of being a part of a community of faith. Well, the thing about hygiene, even though they'll tell you, oh, it has nothing to do with it. Well, they're wrong. Infection is much greater in the uncircumcised, and they are six times more likely to be infected by HIV. It has a lot to do with hygiene. It has a lot to do with the fact that it's the only skin on the body that sits on top of other skin. And, of course, things get in between and... and You can figure it all out. But the fact is, it was a covenant sign between Abraham and God in Genesis 17.10. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male child among you shall be circumcised, and he shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of a covenant between me and you. He who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised. Every male child in your generations who was born in your house or bought with money from any foreigner who is not your descendant. He who was born in your house and he was bought with money must be circumcised. And my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. And the uncircumcised male child who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that person shall be cut off from his people, for he has broken my covenant. Leviticus 12.3, on the eighth day, the flesh of the foreskin shall be circumcised. So whether it was a tribal distinction, a covenant uh, of faith, a community of faith, physical hygiene, it was a sign that he instituted Interestingly enough, although the baby does feel pain, the nerve endings in that area are extremely less sensitive. Also, on the eighth day specifically, and only on the eighth day, the baby's clotting abilities are at 110% of normal. Not at 100%. They are greater than they will ever be in their lifetime. So physiologically, it's not until the eighth day that the liver that has slowly developed is able and mature enough to create the clots necessary to stop bleeding. Even the medical community has noticed this. Dr. Armand James Quick, who was the head of Department of Biochemistry at Marquette University in Wisconsin, specializing in blood research, he wrote that During the first day of the newborn's life, the amount of blood clotting material is limited so that even a small cut is liable to become serious danger for a newborn to the point of threatening its life. But the eighth day after birth, the ability of the newborn's blood to clot grows grows dramatically. And this is what he noted in his writings, quote, It's not a coincidence that the religion of Moses set its ceremony for circumcision on the eighth day. 
See, even when God asks you to do something, even when he makes a mandatory part of his covenant, he makes a way for us. So no matter what he's asking you, no matter what you're seeing in the natural, no matter what you're feeling in the spirit, no matter how painful it seems, he's already made a way. He's already taken care of it. So when we are born again, born from above, born of the spirit, not of the flesh, our flesh is cut off. Our spiritual flesh is cut off. It just dawned on me, you know, some people that are struggling in their salvation, struggling in their walk, in and out of bondage, in and out of trouble. I I have to wonder, are they infected in their spiritual flesh? Are they not, have they not circumcised it? Have they not cut it off? Have they not let it go? Deuteronomy 10, 16, circumcise the foreskin of your heart and be stiff-necked, rebellious no longer. Deuteronomy 30, verse 6, and the Lord God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul that you may live. Well, I would have to assume in accordance with what he said, if anybody who's not born again from above, who's not had their, the flesh of their heart circumcised, has broken his covenant. Yeshua is our example in Luke 2. On the eighth days were completed for the circumcision of the child. His name was called Yeshua, the name given him by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And of course, they took him to the temple. So this eighth day, the cutting off of the flesh It's a time of new beginnings. Eight new beginnings. Philippians 3.3, For we of the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit rejoice in Messiah Yeshua and have no confidence in the flesh. How much of our problems is because of our flesh? How much because we've not let go The Lord gave me a word last week for me, and, and, and I passed it on to Shelly, and I passed it on to Larry and to anybody else who's given it to me. Let go. This is the time of moving on. This is the time of letting things go. So what do you need to let go of? What are you holding on to that's keeping you from this rain, keeping you from this freedom? The other thing that the rabbis and the rabbinical teachings talk about is the eighth day in creation is God's gift. See, he created two lights. On the first day, the light was divine. But the light of the eighth day is man. So you have the light of the first day is divine. The light of the eighth day is man. It's flesh. But the partnership between the divine and the man is symbolized in Yeshua. The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning of the end, the light of the world. I mean, all these things tie together in him. And just as our Abba Father created the light with the hope that it would come back the next day as the earth rotated and illuminate the world, our responsibility is to recreate and to implement that same model with our lives. The eighth day is a paradigm of the creative and the positive. But you know what? It can also be tragic and destructive. And we don't want to talk about that. We don't want to acknowledge that everything's good. Grace, grace, all is grace. You're living your best life now even though you're not. That's a lie. That's not biblical. Stop listening to these people. Stop listening to the ear ticklers and the money changers who are ripping you off. Isaiah 45, 7, I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create calamity. I, the Lord, do all these things. So the eighth day can either be a symbol of harmony and peace or chaos and loss. I think it's supposed to be harmony and peace for us and chaos and loss for everyone else. Because, remember I started this out by talking about joy. 
Feast of Tabernacles. Sukkot was about joy, but the eighth day is about tremendous joy, even more so than the seven days before. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Good tidings of great joy, because salvation is now available. Matthew 4.16, The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region in the shadow of death, light, capital L, has dawned. John 1.4, In him was life, in him was life. And the life was the light of men. That light inside of him, that life inside of him, the illumination of the world, the positive, possible, explosive radiation, radiance, luminous of the Lord that's supposed to be in us. 2 Corinthians 4, 6, For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of the darkness who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus the Messiah. We're the light bearers. We're the beacons. Because you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you, you, each and every one of you may proclaim the praises of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. The light of the Lord in us inspires this great harvest, inspires the final harvest, and it is the end result of this eighth day. Father, I just come to you in the name of your Son. I come to you in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. I come to you through the fire and the light of the Lord. Father, we just boldly approach the throne of grace and mercy, and we're bringing with us our cups and our buckets and our containers to get some water, to get some water to pour out on the people that are hurting. They need to be healed. They're thirsty. They need to drink. No more religion, no more man-made traditions, no more foolishness, no more nonsense. We're just coming to you, wells of salvation. We're just asking right now, fill us up. Fill up our containers, press down, shaking together, running over onto our bosom so that we got to pull up our, our shirts or our aprons to catch what falls over. Let the rain of your blessings fall. Let the rain of your provisions fall so that we can go and we can do and we can say and we can lay hands on the sick and we can cast out the demons and we can raise the dead. Come on, Father, pour it out. Pour it out from the throne room. Tip it over. Tip over that laver with all the water. Tip it over upon us, Lord. Let it rain. Let it rain in our hearts. Let it rain in our lives so that you reign in our hearts and reign in our life, that you rule and reign over us and over what we say and what we do, that we're going to let go of all the things that have dragged us down and all the false teachings and all the, all the stuff that have made no sense and all the wounds. and all, We're just going to let them go. We don't have time for that. We don't need to be caught up in that. we got to run. we got to fly. we got to rise up. Pour it out, Lord. Touch us right now with your Holy Spirit. Let go of the heaviness. Let go of the doubts. Let go of the fear that God's going to fail you or that he's going to reject you or he's not going to like you. or Just let it go. Let go of all the people that have failed you and all the, the preachers that you don't like or don't agree with or whatever. Who cares? Who cares? They didn't die on a cross for you. They're not who you should be focused on. Let it go. Let go of the sin. Let go of the darkness. Be filled with his light. Be filled with that water, fresh water, rejuvenating rain. The kind you just want to turn your face up into and let it roll down upon you. Let it rain, Lord. Let it rain. It's the eighth day. It's the eighth day poured out, our high priest poured out upon us. We just thank you for it. We love you for it. We believe and we receive. 
in Yeshua's name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grund. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.